Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, boy, I'm really, really concerned about how they haven't released all of Ewoks on home video yet. And, and I'm really concerned, too, about how we've got no announcements about droids on home video yet. Nate, why are you shouting across the casino? I'm just, I, I'm, I'm testing a theory. It worked last time, um, but it's not working for me. Say, uh, say, boy, I wish they'd announce something about the prequels in 3D on home video or something like that. Well, yeah, I've been saying that forever. That would be awesome. No, 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 no. But like, like, say it. I have said it like many times. We need to say it like on the show, though, because last time, remember what happened? We spent a whole episode talking about how they hadn't announced a bunch of stuff that was coming for the RPG and stuff from Fantasy Flight Games. And before the episode was even edited and out, they put out announcements that new stuff was coming. So all we got to do is gripe about something that's not happening and it'll happen. I'm not sure that's how that works. At least, at least say something about how y you want the holiday special on home video. Oh, hell no. Enjoy your stay, Cloud City Casino. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fun club. Don't get excited. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cloud City Casino. Your destination for Star Wars and gaming. Of course, we are brought to you by Star Wars Report, which you can just find over at StarWarsReport.com. I want to thank you for coming and visiting our fabulous podcast here among the clouds. I am your host and administrator, Michael Morris. And of course, that other voice that you've been hearing, Nathan P. Butler. Unless it's the one that's just in your head, in which case that's actually not me. And there are people that can help you with that. Yes, go see Dr. Evazon. He will get that completely cleared up. Yeah, but I got a feeling that I can't go back to Dr. Evazan. Why's that? He doesn't like me. Ah, <laughs> I don't like <laughs> you either. Walked into that one. <laughs> so uh, we got some some stuff, man. Yeah, like I said, apparently by griping about how we don't have something, that is perhaps the best way to get Fantasy Flight to provide it. Now, it does leave me a little bit concerned because we had talked about it and recorded the episode, and then they announced stuff before we actually released the episode. So I'm wondering if there's like an NSA FFG connection. But other than that, I mean, it's all pretty good news. We actually have some new stuff coming, and some of it was kind of unexpected, which is cool. Well, maybe it's because, remember when you got accused of being on uh, Lucasfilm's payroll? Yes, how I was a, what was it, uh, a stooge or something like that, or a shill for Disney because I'm willing to like multiple Star Wars continuities? Yes. Well, maybe you actually are and just didn't realize it. I got a Lucasfilm implant, but I don't know that it's there. Yeah. Fantastic. So now I get to wonder what I can say that will cause it to explode. Because that was the old Lucasfilm implant joke. That's why it existed. Thanks. Let's be honest, though. You've said lots of stuff that I would think would cause it to explode, and it hasn't yet. So it's, it's pretty <laughs> flexible. This is true. This is true. But it's supposed to be that you're revealing secrets and it explodes, not that you anger somebody. If that yeah. was the case, then yeah, my head would have been gone long, long ago. Yeah, good thing there was there was no, like... 
Chuck Wendig uh, firmware update or anything. Yep. It's that critical thinking. Critical thinking sometimes causes problems. Um, apparently, though, I don't know where you want to start with the episode, but I guess we could start with some good news that shows that perhaps our critical thinking is paying off, maybe, possibly, when it comes to Star Wars gaming. Oh, good, because I didn't think critical thinking was one of my strong points or anything I was capable of at all. Well, you know, you know, sometimes we gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold you up, but it works right. uh, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Um, but no, we had a uh, new review, a new five-star review, even that came uh, through iTunes from Nixon Rocks ninety nine. Um, I'm wondering if somewhere there's a not a crook joke in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, says the the headline of it because anytime you do an iTunes review, there's like a headline line, and then there's the actual written review. The headline line says, great podcast for Star Wars and gaming. Ha ha! See? Somebody else who says and gaming, not in gaming. I'm not alone. Uh, And the actual review says, great show! Exclamation point. Michael and Nathan are really fun to listen to. They really put in a lot of effort and passion, and it comes out in each episode. I really enjoyed the celebration episodes. Definitely worth subscribing to. Sweet! That's awesome. Uh, There wasn't even a but anywhere in there. I know. <laughs> I love each episode. It seems like they really have a lot of passion, but <laughs> right. I just kept. They waiting don't know for what it. they're talking about, or but I can't believe they're not covering the the, the LCG more. But they're off topic. But um, but no, no butts in there at all. Like a smoke-free restaurant. No That's butts. Right. So you know that it's. I know it's like super hard to leave iTunes reviews it, like I was trying to even pull this one up to read and it was a, an issue and Nate's like hold on let me see if I can get it and he managed to get it before me so I'm, I'm aware that it's problematic uh, iTunes doesn't seem to care or know or whatever maybe they they may know and care but they are like really really um, malicious and they just love thinking about how hard it is for people to leave iTunes reviews but we would really appreciate it if you left us one, uh, just like that one, five stars. Uh, you can throw in a butt, I guess, if if you have one. But if not, that's great too. And of course, we'll we'll read it like we did for uh, Mister Nixon Rocks here. Um, and you know what? For right now, if you leave us a review, Nate will send you a copy of his book. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Where's this coming from? Come on, you can you can you can send him a book. I, I wouldn't even know who it is, but maybe we can okay. have like a contest for the book or okay. something. If we get another, an, uh, say we get this? another two iTunes reviews, we'll do a giveaway for a copy of the book on the show or something, a signed copy of the book on the show. How's that? How about this? If you write us a review, Nate will send you a free link to purchase his <laughs> book on Amazon. I, I think that's. I think you just basically said it there. You can you can find it on Amazon. Um, though yeah, but we're you'll getting send them a we're getting so link. far out though um, <laughs> that you're that that I think my joke the, the joke that popped in my head is falling away, which was the idea that if you write a review and you feel like you need to add in a butt, it's what we call a twerking review because you're throwing the butt like you were saying. But fine, fine. Uh, is that, is that, but no, I, is I, it's funny like though that you mentioned how difficult it is to leave an iTunes review sometimes because it is a little. I I don't know. I've I've left 
relatively few, mainly because it's just a kind of a clunky interface. But uh, I did try out the new Skype before we were about to record. I was grabbing the new Windows 10 Skype instead of the one that just works on Windows 10 and promptly returned to the old one because apparently the new Skype for Windows doesn't let you check your volume levels <laughs> in any options anywhere. So it's kind of like Skype. It's just Skype without the basic functionality for Windows 10. Kind of like your ears when you develop uh, that tinnitus from podcasting with me. <laughs> All right. So iTunes review, good news. Um, we also, of course, have some things that uh, have really been been pretty cool for us recently. We've got some new information about what's coming up uh, with Gamescom. And, of course, we had a new book release before we take a look at anything from Fantasy Flight. Where do you want to go first? Um, Naboo. Naboo? Okay, oh, so that's, oh, oh, that's going to have to... <laughs> you, meant, you meant on the show. I'm sorry. I, I was thinking of something show. else. I mean, I'm... Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll cover the uh, some of that uh, EA news, I guess. <laughs> you guess. That that sounds very supportive of, of what I, they're you know doing. What? I thought you I'm, were more supportive of Battlefront 2 than you were I, of Battlefront 1. I am, and, and there's lots of stuff here to... To, to you know uh reinforce that okay so get excited um Woo! now so so we found out uh it has been reported that ea is going to be bringing battlefront 2 to gamescom and uh, doing a presentation here about a week from now as of the time we're recording this so probably a matter of days by the time you guys hear this episode and Basically, they're going to be showing off things like these Starfighter Assault modes. So we've seen a lot of stuff with the ground combat, the third-person shooter-type combat. We haven't really seen much Starfighter-wise other than just knowing that it'll be there and seeing how Starfighters work in those bigger battles. So we're going to see the Starfighter Assault mode finally. Um, they're talking about even a new trailer, perhaps, to go along with that. Uh, an Imperial Shipyard map. They've announced more about the beta. The beta is going to start, and it's really only going to run a couple of days. Um, but it's going to – for everybody. It's going to have a public beta the 8th and the 9th of October. But then if you pre-order, you get into it a few days before. So you can actually jump into it on October 4th. So a few more days for those who have pre-ordered versus not for the beta, which is kind of becoming the norm. And then um, they've claimed here that when it comes to Starfighter combat, supposedly, as we'll see in their Gamescom presentation, it has been, quote, vastly improved. So quite a bit about uh, things shaping up here as we're getting, you know, just a matter of months away from the release of Battlefront 2. Yeah, it it's funny how a lot of the the quotes and the um, you know, the, the lingo that's being used when talking about this is, you know, it seems like they're constantly saying, "Yes, we we realize, guys, we we fixed that. <laughs> we heard you. We yes, Yes, you know, and, and it's funny, like especially when they're talking about the uh, the space combat. I, I literally felt like some of the the quotes were like they had listened to this show and they were specifically just responding to us point by point. I mean, yeah. So it just means that we speak, you know, with the consensus of of fandom. Sometimes uh, it's interesting, though. I find it funny that they're talking about it because. You might remember that back when they did the uh, Starfighter mission, the uh, Rogue One mission. Uh, in VR for the original Battlefront, I was excited for it, but sort of nonplussed a little bit because, as cool as it was, they had just recently released uh, Eve Valkyrie, which does Starfighter combat quite a bit better, more expansive, but that's an entire game based around it. Um, and now, 
right as we're hearing about, hey, keep an eye out, you're about to see the Starfighter Assault mode for Battlefront, and it's vastly improved. They've just announced the first big expansion for Eve Valkyrie, and <laughs> the fact that when that expansion comes out, you won't actually need to play it in VR. People who aren't playing the VR version can play it too. So it's like there's there's this constant jockeying of Starfighter battle between Eve Valkyrie's approach and the Battlefront approach, and it seems like it's all unintentional. It just mm -hmm. happens to be coincidental in the announcement times, but it's the news is always following uh, on its back. Um, I will say, and something I would I'm considering with this or, or, or thinking about with this is the beta timing. The game is set to launch. I mean, it's still set to launch in November, right? Yes. So we're once again doing what many video games do with lately, which is we're going to have a beta. That's not really a beta of anything. It's more like just a preview weekend because the whole idea of a beta is supposed to be that you're doing like stress tests on the multiplayer, stress tests on the servers, um, at checking for hiccups and issues in gameplay that can be fixed during the development process, albeit late in the development process. And here they're doing the beta with like a month between that and release when there's not a lot of time to do a lot of tweaking and changing or even updating if the stress test type thing doesn't go well. Am I missing something somewhere in this whole we're going to do the beta just a month before release thought process that we're getting from the different companies? Is this not basically just a preview, not a beta? No, I, I think it is a beta per se um, because it, I've actually heard game developers talk about stuff like this before. And essentially what they say is that they... You know, they have their their guys who run through the game, and then there's stuff that they just don't consider, you know? Like, they're like, oh my god, I never thought about going left there instead of right. But, you know, they have, like, there's, you know, there's certain players out there who just, they make it their job to try to find stuff and, and break the game. Gee, I wonder what kind of gamers we're talking about who want to go into a game and try to just break stuff, Michael. I don't Who decided know. to fly wherever he wanted to and not go to the hyperspace jump-off point and got stuck at the beginning of the VR mission for, like, five minutes? Hey, it was supposed to be completely immersive. I was immersed. You were immersed in flying wherever you felt like. All right. That's right. right. That's, so, so you're basically you're, they're expecting players to spot things that basically can fix in patches, even if it's not a day one patch is what I'm... I'm assuming. Well, um, but hopefully, if that's the case, it won't be anything big. I mean, like, like you know, with Battlefront 1, it was, look, everybody's about to start playing the game. Uh-oh, players are complaining. There's something missing from the main menu. What was it? Story mode. Oh, crap. <laughs> we'll fix it in the next game. Right. Um, but, I mean, it just, it just seems odd to me. You would think that a beta, if it's really meant to fix things for launch would have to come a little bit earlier, unless they've really just got a, a crack overworked team, perhaps on crack to stay overworked, um, trying to make sure that everything's ready to go for launch day between the beta and then. It just, it's, I don't know, the, the, the narrow timing has always struck me as odd in this era of, you know, beta weekends close to launch. Well, I think that, I, I would imagine this isn't their first beta, um, uh, per se that like they they probably had well i guess i guess it would because alpha is the the closed testing and then beta is open i don't i'm not 100 sure on the the exact details of that but if they did like a, an extensive alpha 
and they they feel like that the beta, you know, is just to kind of catch small stuff, um, but at the same time also work for marketing purposes. That that would be my thought process on it. I, I wouldn't think that something this massive that they would be like, oh yeah, okay, you know, we just sort of we did our little pass through, and you know, we'll let fans do it at this point, and <laughs> whatever happens, happens, I guess. Yolo. There you go. So the actual release of the game is just the gamma test, <laughs> right? More or less. Okay, I can see that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited to see a new Starfighter combat, and I still want to hear more about possible VR content. Again, that it's it's fundamentally transformed my gaming experience. Um, and there's still that whole thing where a while back on some foreign website, I forget where it was from, like Germany or somewhere. Um, that there was a VR-enabled type of, of logo showing up for Battlefront 2. Um, hopefully when we hear something about Starfighter Combat, we'll hear that there's going to be a Starfighter Combat VR mode maybe coming back a little more expansive perhaps than the mission that we got last time. I just I want to see them keep pushing that because Star Wars can really... I mean, Star Wars was a VR seller to some degree. I, I and others first got really interested in the idea of PlayStation VR, for instance, when we found out that there was going to be a Star Wars VR experience at all. Um, so if they can keep pushing that, then maybe, maybe, um, we'll see more of that kind of content in the future. We'll see Star Wars kind of saying, yes, this actually works. You know, this is something that we should pursue even on a multi-platform game. For sure. And you know what? I'm going to have to take a little sidestep here, sort of. Um, cause we're, we are more talking about battlefront, but I completely forgot some to put something in the notes that, um, that was announced recently. And that's that Lenovo, uh, has teased basically that they're doing a star Wars headset. Like a, like it's like a VR headset for, uh, I guess it's a star Wars game that they're developing. Oh, you're talking about the, uh, Jedi ch- challenges the uh, augmented reality thing where you put on the headset and you've got the lightsaber and everything yes coming soon to best buy and lenovo.com and that's about all the information they gave us on it <laughs> but still I, I think they did say a price point and unfortunately it's a little higher than what i was hoping um, what was that do you do you happen to recall that i've i've checked out their website and checked out their trailer and i'm kind of i've i've listed myself to get you know, the notifications through email, but I haven't seen any actual discussion of price point, features, platform, anything. Um, so I'm just going completely off of um, off of memory here. But I want to say it was somewhere between like... Uh, uh, okay, so I just pulled up on Forbes. Looks like they're saying $200. That's actually not too bad. Um, Holy crap. I guess it depends on what it can do then because and – I, and I understand that, that you'd basically be paying for the headset with the lightsaber because it is all one unit. It's not like it's something that you would be necessarily connecting to something – well, I don't know because it says it's an app-enabled augmented reality experience. Does that mean that you are still using your phone or something within the headset or are we talking about something where the headset itself is a standalone unit because if it's a standalone unit i could see the 200 bucks if it's not a standalone unit it's going to be difficult to justify the price tag no matter what you're using as your you know your oh look it's a controller it just happens to be shaped like a lightsaber wonderful if it's basically just a cell phone inside my mask experience 200 bucks is still a little steep 
Yeah. So actually, um, it does look like it, it's um, sort of just basically a harness for your uh, your smartphone. <laughs> and then, of course, it comes with. And then, of course, it comes with the the lightsaber, which really looks like a glowing giant lipstick. I'm assuming by that you mean the lightsaber? Yeah. Well, it's just it's well, the hilt with well, like a little blue so, thing sticking out. So I, I've, I've pulled up an article here that Polygon has talking about it. And the idea is, according to this, is that Lenovo and Disney have combined together to develop their own proprietary headset for augmented reality. So AR as opposed to VR. Um, it will require, it says, a smartphone to work, just like Samsung's Gear VR does. Um, and did point out um, that, among other things, among with uh, Jedi challenges, they're also talking about uh, hollow chess. So basically, Dejaric, right. um being played within this AR thing, and and that that makes sense, I guess, to an extent. It just yeah, the price point is going to be the big thing. But if it's going to be a Best Buy and Lenovo.com exclusive. I could see the price point winding up being higher than we might otherwise justify because of that exclusivity. A lot of times that winds up happening with when I see tech hardware that's exclusive to anywhere that it's it's oh it's exclusive here. Let's jump up the price just a little bit. Yeah. Which I guess helps. I mean, you know, the econ teacher in me if the price is higher, you'll have a a slightly lower quantity demanded and if it's limited that perhaps will keep there from being a shortage of them. We'll just have to see. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I just I don't. Yeah, we don't have a. Whole I feel like lot we need info. more information. Yeah, yeah. So I'll buy it. You know, I'll buy it. I'll, it'll be <laughs> one of those things where I look at my wife and say, I don't know. I'm considering this, and she knows that usually when I say I'm considering buying something, I'll buy it within about the next week, and she'll just tell me, just freaking order it already. Like, right. Yes, dear. Thank you, dear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so not a whole lot of information on that. Like I said, I'd completely forgotten about it until you were talking about VR, and I was like, wait, that was something I meant to put in the notes. Oh, yeah. Um, well, here's something else that I know that uh, you actually, if I remember correctly, hadn't caught uh, in as busy as this week has been, hadn't caught before we were sitting down to record, which is that they actually uh, had another announcement from EA about Star Wars games recently, although it's another one of these announcements that really doesn't tell us anything. There's Isn't a new mobile favorite? game that just got announced uh, yesterday as we're recording this on August 15th, the, what, ninth anniversary of the Clone Wars being in theaters, um, yes. give or take. That is was, correct. That was August 15th. Um, basically, there's a new game called uh, Star Wars Rise to Power that is coming out. It's going to be, uh, presumably it's going to be an Android and iOS game. They're right now talking about uh, Android users and Google Play users, which is essentially the same thing, can actually sign up for a closed pre-alpha test. And if you qualify, you get to play the game and provide feedback for it. Uh, they just posted, if you want to go and look for this, uh, go to StarWars.com, check out the News Plus blog tab, not the Games Plus apps tab, because it's not under there anywhere. Look at News Plus blog, and check under either the category called Games and Apps or just scroll down by date and look for The Galaxy Needs You, announcing Star Wars Rise to Power mobile game from August 15th, 2017. And there is a link in there to register and sign up for potentially playing um, the pre-alpha of this. But otherwise, we know nothing about it. We know the only description they've given is uh, it's a mobile strategy game set in the Star Wars universe and 
Move over, Grand Admiral Thawne and Admiral Akbar. Soon we'll find out who really has the greatest strategic mind in the galaxy. So, there you go. It's some kind of strategy, you know, thing. Oh, well, alrighty then. Well, yeah, I love the I love I love when they give us that all that kind of detail. <laughs> it's kind of like when you first get a uh, the announcement of a new Star Wars film, and they're like, "And the new Star Wars film is called such and such." And here's the poster, Bubba, and everybody's like, "Yeah!" But we don't know a damn thing. I mean, I guess it's better than the Han Solo situation, which is we don't even know the title. This is true. <laughs> now, now, who who's the main character in that one? Um. Mon Mothma? Maybe that's where they'll p- clarify for everyone who doesn't read the books that Mon is actually her first name. Sweet. <laughs> oh, is, is that the case? Is Mon her, her first name? Yeah, apparently in canon, at least, Mon is her first name. It's not a title, and it's not like Van something. It's Mon is her first name, because Leia refers to her a couple times as Mon, speaking to her casually as if it's her first yeah. name. Yeah, I, I saw that. I always read it differently, though, where she's like, you gotta be kidding me, Mon. And, oh, so you thought it was like a Jamaican. She was, <laughs> Very rough. She was, she, was, she was the most pasty white Jamaican Star Wars character you will ever see. <laughs> uh, but maybe she was there to counterbalance uh, the stereotypes built into to Jar Jar. Anyway, so speaking of the books, yes. um, we also had what you could sort of say is one of the few times, aside from Shadows of the Empire, where we could actually talk about a book and have it be relevant to this show. Which is that we've seen the release of Inferno Squad. Yeah. Although, once again, uh, multiple versions of it. Um, you've got the regular version. You've got the uh, Barnes & Noble exclusive version that has like the little uh, uh, cover art uh, test image thing with the, the version of like a, the notes version of it on the back of it that's like a fold-out poster. There's a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive cover version. Um, which is pretty sweet looking. I don't actually have that in my hands yet, but it's on the way to me in the mail. Um, and then, of course, Barnes & Noble, as they often do, had a special version that was signed that's basically the original, but they've got an extra page added into it, and it's on that extra signature page um, where it was actually signed by Christy Golden. So I know you were totally stoked for this. You were psyched out of your mind for this. So I'm assuming you've read it. No spoilers. What'd you think? Never read it. No, um... I I liked it a lot. It wasn't. I was excited because I was I was more. It was more just curious, you know. I wasn't so much. I don't want to say like by excitement that I had like high standards or high hopes for it. I was just really really interested in seeing where they were going, what they were doing, and I what I thought the book was going to be and what the book ended up being were totally different. Um. I was expecting it to be a war novel and it ended up being a sort of like a James Bond spy novel type thing, but it was really, really good. Yeah. They made out Inferno squad to almost be like the legends, uh, Wraith squadron, right? People who are, are strong in a particular area, but they also have a wide variety of skills that allow them to be used for espionage beyond just their regular Attacks. They're supposed to be like cleaners or whatever to clean up the messes and such. Um, yeah, I did find that it was less action-oriented and much more sort of spy-oriented than I expected, although I did like that. Uh, some cool twists and turns along the way. They did a really good job, I think, of showing sort of the the normal face, you might say, of the Empire. Um, and they do this a little bit more, it seems like, in 
in canon now with things like Ray Sloan's perspective than they did a lot with Legends. And then we're getting an Imperial point of view that's not this dogmatic thing. And part of it's probably because they've taken the Empire and the Empire is no longer presented as this incredibly anti-alien, anti-female thing. So it's a little more diverse, at least in terms of, of races and genders of humans, and now some aliens. Um, but instead of it coming off as sort of, you know, we're, we're seeing this story from the perspective of, you know, a Star Wars Nazi. Instead, it's more of the, you know, here's a person who, a lot like Anakin Skywalker, has a particular perspective on law and order, a particular perspective on what's necessary, the ideas of, uh, in some ways reflected in Rebel Rising of Jyn Erso, um, the ideas of the rebels and their activities being terrorist activities and the need to clamp down on that sort of thing. Um, so it definitely made for an interesting read. It's it's hard sometimes to root for characters that we're that we're supposed to root against because they're Imperials. Um, but I thought that it that it played well. The only thing I didn't like, the only thing that got me was sort of I I psyched myself out, sort of spoiled myself. Because I was looking a little too much into what we know about the story mode of Inferno Squad in the game. Okay. And I managed to basically spoil myself sort of on the fate of at least one character in the book uh, by simply noting that they don't appear in any of the promo material for the game. Gotcha. And I was like, oh, so I wonder what happens to this character. Oh, please don't tell me. I just figured out that this character is going to be, <laughs> you know... Right, is going right. to either die or defect or somehow be completely removed from the picture by the time the game comes around. Right. Now, my big question, though, for you is, given the book, does it make you any more excited for the story mode of Battlefront 2, or were you already excited enough that it didn't move the needle? Like, what's the effect of this on your perspective on the game, given that that's our purview? So, basically, I was just excited that we were getting a story mode, but now I'm actually excited that... I care about the characters that will be involved in the story mode. Couldn't have said it better myself. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I want to see it. Um, I'm very interested where these characters go. Now, for those who are interested in picking up Inferno Squad, if you haven't yet, keep in mind that Inferno Squad is not set during the same time frame as the Battlefront 2 story is going to be. Inferno Squad basically picks up during the Battle of Yavin and continues on for a matter of months after that. Whereas it looks like the game itself is going to wind up picking up more around like post-Battle of Endor, around the Battle of Endor time, and carry on in there. So it's an introduction to these characters as they become Inferno Squad, and what their purpose is, how they bond, how they become a team. And it's really quite good. Yeah, But it's not going to necessarily cross over with the game, unless the game has flashbacks or something. Yeah. You can see character crossover and the group crossover, but it's not... This isn't like a novelization of the game like they did with the first Force Away or Force Unleashed novel. Nothing like that. Well, they they could potentially um, there could be something that was left um, a what would you say a, a thread uh, that was left undone or yeah. whatever uh, could potentially show back up in uh, in the game. Right, but that's a connection as opposed to it being an actual you know an, an overlap per se. Right, you know? right. So if you're wanting to play the game and you're concerned that reading the book is going to spoil the game for you, that does not appear like it will be the case. Uh, right. And vice versa. You know, but I've got a feeling this will be kind of like reading Catalyst and then watching Rogue One in that it's going to give you more appreciation for the characters and interest. And hey, unlike Catalyst, this one actually has some freaking action 
in it and can stand up on its own without needing the game. Right. As Catalyst couldn't without Rogue One. And, that's a whole nother thing. And I, I actually have a, a couple things to say about this book. One, um, starting with a question. Did you see th- this book does have sort of a, I don't want to say a twist ending, but a, a sort of a surprise ending per se. Um, mm-hmm. Did you figure the, the surprise out? I figured the surprise out pretty much as soon as they said anything about the character. The only thing that uh, that left me wondering that became a surprise was that the, the twist involves a character's identity. And this character frequently mentions a goddaughter. And I was racking my brain the entire time trying to figure out who the heck they were talking about because surely it wasn't Jen or so. And it wasn't Jen. It was a character that I don't think had ever been mentioned as a goddaughter of this character before, but a character we had met but that I had kind of forgotten pretty much all about because the character is such a minor character in another book. So okay. well, I'll, I'll I figured you- I figured it out, but it's like the mis- – the, there was still a mystery. It's just the mystery was like – how the connection existed as opposed to it being who is the person. Gotcha. Okay, I'll get you to tell me off air who the, the goddaughter daughter is because I, I still am not uh, familiar with that. But <laughs> There you go. See, even after reading the book, you're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> well, uh, I, mean, I just probably missed that, um, that tie-in because there, there's several tie-ins, and, and that's what I enjoyed about this book a lot is that it, it ties to the Clone Wars, it ties to Rogue One, and it ties to uh, Rebel Rising. You know, I, I would say that those three, uh, those three materials, you know, definitely check out along with this, and I think it will really enrich uh, the experience of, of all of them. Uh, I yep. mean, w- and in fact, I would say that if you haven't read Rebel Rising, Rebel Rising in and of itself is really quite good. Mm-hmm. It's presented as a young adult book. But it's got content in it that sometimes is more adult and darker uh, and more sexual in some cases than you see in adult Star Wars novels. Um, So the twilightification of young adult books. Um, But I think that is a good one to read. And I would say read it before this one. But pay attention to the character of Staven Mm -hmm. because he is a major player in this book. Which doesn't spoil anything because it, that's that's not a secret or anything within the book. I mean, he just kind of you know he shows up. He's a leader of one of the right. cells left from Saw. Um, but I think you'll have more appreciation perhaps for some of the events that happen in the book. And I think especially given that we see Jen Erso's perspective change in looking at the rebels and looking at um, the partisans and looking at the Empire in Rebel Rising. This book makes a fantastic counterpoint to that same look at the nature of war and morality and ethics. But this one coming from the Inferno Squad side, um, that makes these a perfect pair to read together. Yeah, it, it's so odd that the it wasn't written by the same author. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Christy Golden and Beth Revis like they 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 fit so well together. So, yeah, that, that was a, the main thing I wanted to say is that they they really seem to work. And you know, it's funny um, just to sort of like notate that it doesn't have anything. It, when I really look at at all the books that I really have enjoyed the most out of the new canon. It's almost completely uh, all women writers. This is true. This is true. Uh, I've noticed that as well. Which is, again, I don't. I, I'm. I'm not sure. I want to say I'm surprised. So much as it's it's striking me just how many female writers or strong female writers are coming into Star Wars at this point. It used to be that it was sort of a oh that's a novel thing. This one's actually written by a woman, and yeah. now. 
we tend to be seeing a, a much more balanced, if not tilting the other way type of a gender balance within Star Wars publishing. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it kind of makes me almost, you know, as something of being like, will this book be good or bad, you know, because when, when I'm looking at a lot of times I'm like, oh, I like this writer, this writer sometimes hit or miss or whatever, you know, I'm like, I don't know this writer, but it's a woman, so it's probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. That's, that, that'll work. Uh, maybe it's the uh, the ability and the willingness to talk about certain emotional topics that sometimes men um try to avoid or we try to speak in the women's voice and it comes out as just a man with boobs because we're not <laughs> quite getting into the women's heads the way that we think we can. Um, okay, so uh, as we're rounding things out here with the non-FFG stuff, um, I think it, that bodes well. We've got good stuff with Inferno's Con. We've got good stuff with the upcoming material that's coming. Uh, good stuff with Battlefront 2. So that all seems good. Uh the fact that we've actually got some good news for Fantasy Flight games, though, that is the real shocker. Because our whole last episode tended to be, here's where we haven't heard anything, here's where there's no pre-orders available because they haven't announced anything, etc., etc. And finally, it appears um, that they are actually getting things going out there. Um, so we have quite a bit of news as far as either new releases or new announcements for Fantasy Flight games. Um, the, there's a couple for the RPG um, there's one in our show notes. There's a couple I can mention as well, though. Um, but I would say that the one that's the biggest news for the for Star Wars role-playing games came completely out of left field, but is awesome. That would be what? Um, the 30th anniversary role-playing? Yes! 30th anniversary. They are making a 30th anniversary set. Of the original West End Games Star Wars RPG starter book and the first source book uh, combined together into one little slipcase set for 30th anniversary, uh, recreating it as best as they can, uh, modernizing the look just a little bit. And I believe it's even Pablo Hidalgo that's doing the uh, the introduction to this thing, talking about its place in Star Wars. So I... I, they're not exactly restarting a, a D6, a six-sided dice uh, version of the game or anything like that, but these seminal, I mean, these were the Star Wars game starting points um, for so many of us um, playing the RPG, not just one iteration ago. One iteration was West or was Wizards of the Coast. This is two iterations ago with West End Games. The, the games that basically built the body of Star Wars lore prior to 1991 that was then used to help build the expanded universe or Legends continuity starting in 91 after that. It's, it's a huge deal, and it's finally getting sort of its due here in this modern era with a 30th anniversary set. And, and who, who was a big person in Star Wars that came from West End Games? Pablo Hidalgo? That's right. Yes, he, he was a fan, and then he came in. I think his very first thing, if I remember correctly, because I actually looked this up when I saw him post about doing the introduction. I want to say the first thing he did was one of the Galaxy Guides around 1995 or so. But he's another of these people who's like a, a big fan. Uh, in his case, member of the a founding member of, I think it was the Star Wars Fanboy Association or whatever it was called, um, and then sort of moved into officialdom and has now ascended the ranks to kind of be the uh, the Canadian George Lucas. <laughs> There you go. Who always drinks coffee yep. and gets interrupted. But that's that's just the uh, 
Uh, that's just Rebels Recon, I suppose. Um, any thoughts on this before we move to other RPG info? Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think you mentioned it. You can pre-order this now, and it's going to be fifty nine ninety five. So, which isn't bad because that's about the cost of a. If I remember correctly, it's been a while, but it's about the cost of the core rule books for any of the main three Fantasy Flight Games RPG product lines when they were first launched, right? About 60 bucks? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think 50. I want to say they're normally about 50, but then, of course, you get the the extra uh, book here, too. So that's I mean, kind of comes to a, a pretty good deal, I think. Very cool. Yeah, definitely going to be picking this one up. I've mo- The only things I really still have of Star Wars RPG stuff, because usually when I get even the Fantasy Flight game stuff, I review it, I use it for the show, I use it for my YouTube channel, I use it for the Star Wars Timeline Gold, and then I pass it off to a buddy of mine who helps split the cost with me, um, and it goes into his collection. But I've still got and still love the West End game solitaire adventures and such, and the, and the adventure journals that they had. They were... S- such a big part of Star Wars storytelling at the time. It wasn't just using what already existed to tell a story. It was telling stories that added to what was there. So I'm I'm very stoked for this. Uh, we also, though, got announcements of two other things. And those two announcements actually did come between the recording and the release of our last episode, proving us to be liars by the time it came out. Uh, or something. Um, we have Ciphers and Masks, which is a spy source book that's coming for Age of Rebellion. So we do have another Age of Rebellion product coming soon. At the time, there weren't any that were announced, um, so we're a little bit concerned about that and other product lines. Um, but what's also interesting is they've decided to do something similar to what they did with the beginner game for The Force Awakens, which is to step outside of the three main RPG lines, Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and uh, Force and Destiny. I almost said Force Sub-Destiny. <laughs> um, it's uh, so hard. Make the titles more different. Uh, but no, they're doing a, a source book called Dawn of Rebellion, which is basically setting the game a little bit earlier than most of the other source book materials do. Um, but it's one that's actually going to be used for all three. And you can already use all of the books for all three, technically, but they all have sort of their own slightly different mechanics on certain things like obligation and duty and whatnot. <laughs> so all duty. the books as they exist kind of, <laughs> kind of lean <laughs> a certain way. Right. Whereas this book is designed to actually be sort of neutral. It doesn't have a label of one of the three on it. It's just the Dawn of Rebellion source book, period, to be able to be used with all of them. And I thought that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, it's it's and maybe it'll convince more people to blend their product lines together because they've always had them designed that way. But I wonder how many people out there are actually doing a lot of gaming where they're actually saying, okay, we're running a group in Edge of the Empire, but I'm going to grab this source book for, you know, Age of Rebellion because I want to go to this place or or cross over this adventure with that. Um, I think it's a cool idea and hopefully it'll be more of a gateway for people to jump from one to another. Yes, gateway drugs are the best. I, uh, the opinions of Michael Morris are not necessarily those of everyone involved in Cloud City Casino. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do we have anything else on the, on that, or we want to jump to well, another FFG game? I would say only one thing, uh, okay. which is that while they have totally kind of pulled themselves out of the hole of not having announcements. Uh, One of the things I did recently was I finally was able to go through Chronicle of the Gatekeeper, which is an adventure for Force and Destiny, uh, Mask of the Pirate Queen, which is an adventure for Edge of the Empire, and Friends Like These, which was an adventure for Age of Rebellion. One of their previous ones for Age of Rebellion was Onslaught at Arda 1. 
and I was putting information on the timeline gold for that and whatnot. So I'm really paying attention to the nuances of the storytelling. And for the love of God, Fantasy Flight Games, can you get your act together when it comes to being internally consistent with your Age of Rebellion RPG adventures? Edge of the Empire, consistent stuff. Force and Destiny, consistent stuff. Age of Rebellion's adventure guides always trip over their own feet with their time references. This character showed up on this planet uh, six years ago. Uh, he became a leader when he arrived. But no, he became a leader when so-and-so died like a year ago. And, and, and the person that they're saying died, here they're saying it's the grandfather, and here it's saying it's the mother. But uh, there's all kind of inconsistent chronological crap in both of the adventures they've put out so far for Age of Rebellion, and it's really getting old. Anybody who wants to tell those stories and isn't looking for consistency, or at least isn't like nitpicking it as they go, who uses that information is going to probably find a point where if they're actually using the detailed information that's provided, somebody in their storytelling group is going to turn to them and say, wait a second, didn't you say something completely different the other day? Oh, that's right, because the book isn't internally consistent. Um, good God, Fantasy Flight, proofread your stuff. I'm just glad okay. that that's not happening anywhere else in Star Wars, especially the comics. Yeah, especially not the comics where they can't get the numbering right and they can't show the right preview image. And they send out a variant comic cover, except it's not actually the variant. It's the original. They have to send it out again. Uh, don't even get me started on the Marvel stuff. I've ranted on that in two episodes, <laughs> I think, of a row now of Star Wars Beyond the Films. Um, but suffice to say, that's... It's been a bit of a concern, and it showed up in my reviews. I usually try to keep my reviews of the Fantasy Flight Games uh, RPG stuff strictly, here's what's in it, so if you're into this, this is one to get. Um, but the last couple have had to have me turning around and saying, what the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> um, but speaking of things that change, um, we've got new rules uh, for tournaments, and in ca some cases some new frequently asked questions files and such for various other Fantasy Flight games, so I guess that can bring us into the miniatures games uh, with X-Wing, the one that we have the most new info about this time. Yep, there was a rules update. There you go. Yeah, but there was more than just a rules update, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there, there is a rules update that you can actually go on the website and you can check out. Um, also, Wave 11 is now available. Yes, and may I say on Wave 11 that they've done something very cool. It's the uh, Ozatuk, um for the uh, Rebels, uh, which is sort of the, you know, the Wookiee ship. And then the TIE Aggressor for the Empire. And then ostensibly for Scum and Villainy, it's the uh, H6 Skurg bomber that was used by Nim in the Starfighter video game. But as you may recall, Nim becomes a member of the Rebel Alliance. So in this Scum and Villainy pack, they actually give us a Rebel Alliance ship card for Nim so that if we actually want to play this as a Rebel player instead of Scum and Villainy, we can. I thought that was a really cool thing for them to do instead of somehow making that part of some expansion or reissue of the same ship later. Very, very player-friendly of them. Yeah. I'd, I wonder if they will now allow us to... Um, oh, God, what's his name? Iman... Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name, but Iman, uh, the, the, the fire spray, um, where they could make that a rebel version. Hard to say. I just I I've only seen this so far with Nim, but I do find that it's interesting that they're both different Nims, 
right? So what the Nim's ability is different depending on whether you're playing as the scum and villainy versus the oh, rebel that's one. Interesting. So in that sense, um, there's some variation. So the uh, the one for scum and villainy has a pilot ability of eight, um, primary attack of three, evade of one. Um, I'm saying yeah, evade you know defense of one. Yep. You're right. um, hull of five, shield of five, a crap ton of upgrade icons. Um, has the focus target lock um, and what you call barrel roll uh, icons on there. Uh, Cost thirty, but then its game text is: uh, you may ignore friendly bombs when a friendly ship is defending. If the attacker measures range through a friendly bomb token, the defender may add one evade result. Um, but then on the other hand, if you're playing with him as the rebel version. Um, the other numbers are all the same, and the cost is the same, the the different, you know, like, focus, et cetera, et cetera, all the same, except the game text changes to say, once per round, you may prevent a friendly bomb from detonating. So they're both bomb-related, because this is the, the uh, bomber, but your play style with this character is going to be a little bit different, depending on whether you're playing Rebel or Scum and Villainy, and certainly you have more options with Scum and Villainy, because there's other pilots for that faction that aren't also given a Rebel version, but... Kind of cool. I mean, they gave us a rebel version because they knew that people might look at Nim and think they want to play him as a rebel. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Sticking with uh, the lore. Um, beside that, we got some uh, previews for the um, Guns for Hire uh, set that's going to be coming out. Yes, and for those who aren't sure what that is, Guns for Hire is another of those uh, repaint packs, where it's basically a repaint of two existing ships. Um, but then we're given new ship cards, in some cases updated mechanics and such for the ships. Um, this one is giving us a Star Viper Mark II, um, basically a Star Viper that we've had before, except this one's painted uh, black and red, which is cool. And then uh, the other one is, oh gosh, what is that ship? Uh, my brain just, the... just completely fired on me. Um, we have the uh, the Kirax fighter. That's yeah, what there it is. Uh, the Kirax that's painted... Uh, with a white and black color scheme this time around, uh, both for scum and villainy. Yeah, it's the uh, the red sun paint scheme, right? Not red sun, uh, black sun. <laughs> I was like red sun. Red that's, is the other one. No, sun. Red red sun. That's um, that's a DC comic with Superman. Where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he goes all communist and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> fighting for truth, justice. And suppression, or whatever it is. Um, I thought this, now, this is the one we talked about before, right, that takes the Star Viper and sort of changes its mechanics to make it a more viable ship, yes? Yes. Uh, both of these ships were very not good, um, and they ended up fixing that uh, with, with this set, which is really helpful. Um, because that that's the thing, and, and I really, really appreciate about Fantasy Flight, uh, other other games, uh, you know, other uh, game makers, they pump out their pieces, and and then they don't really, they're not concerned with them. By by the time the next set comes out, because you know, uh, Fantasy Flight does it in waves, whereas other uh, game companies will will do it in sets. And their whole thing is that they, unless it's like breaking the game. They don't care about it. So if um, if they put out a piece and no one plays with it, 
well, then they're, they're not going to touch it. Um, if everyone's using it and it's, you know, it's causing the, the game to be really imbalanced, then they'll, they'll do something about it, but they won't do anything with, with stuff that nobody cares about. Fantasy Flight, on the other hand, actually pays attention to that and they try to make all of their ships viable. And I really appreciate that because, you know, uh, ideally every ship that comes out is somebody's favorite ship. And, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking if you're like, oh, my God, I love the Kirax fighter. It's so cool, you know, because I remember it from when I was playing Star Wars Galaxies and it was so good and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, this thing's terrible. I can't play with it. Okay. You know, so it's, I, I really appreciate that they do that. So what you're saying is that while they appreciate all the different pieces that they put out, uh, the other companies are sitting around pumping their pieces. Am I understanding the terminology used at the beginning of the, of yes. the comments there? Yes. They're sitting around pumping their pieces. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, perhaps in a circle. Now, um, we then also have new rules updates for uh, Destiny and the uh, rules update and updated frequently asked questions for the LCG, um, the uh, uh, living card game, which is cool. Uh, again, all these games getting new updates. Armada, alongside its new update, recently has seen a release that I'm not sure we mentioned in the last episode or not. It came out right around the time we were putting it together, um, which is that, yes, the light cruiser and hammerhead corvettes, that little teeny tiny two-ship wave uh, for Armada, has been released. The the light cruiser being um, uh, kind of the carrier-looking thing. The, basically, the, the type of ship that when Chomson Doolis showed up in Rebels, they had to go steal because they needed essentially a carrier for Phoenix Squadron. Uh, that ship, except for the Imperial side in this case. And of course, the Hammerhead Corvettes, uh, made popular originally by Knights of the Old Republic, showing up later in Rebels, and then of course making a big splash by helping push the Star Destroyer in Rogue One. So we do have new Armada releases, but again, not a big wave, not a lot of ships, another of those sort of blink and you'll miss it type of of releases for Armada. So now I can uh, go to Christine and I'll say, bring me the Hammerhead Corvette. And she'll look at you and say, get it yourself. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm, I'm, I'm Admiral Raddus. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing rad about you, sir. Mm. No, I can't. I, I I can't say that though, because again, you got to go back to the hair. That's true. I have some fantastic. Give him hair. a hockey mask. He's Casey Jones. Um, <laughs> just to, just to, <laughs> uh, after I gotta say because I, I could never pull off a longer haircut. There was a there was a time in which the back of my hair went a little bit longer and almost went mullet esque, and it was not a pretty sight. You should. So I could see you rocking a rat tail all the time. With a rat tail? Yeah, you could rock a rat tail. <laughs> No, 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 thank you. Come on, you. man. Bring it back. No. Um, <laughs> now, the other thing we have, and there's not really a whole lot of news coming out for Imperial Assault that we haven't covered before, um, but it's, of course, new rules update, as with the other ones. But it's interesting. They, they keep pumping out, with very little fanfare, these play mats that are basically maps to play skirmish on without having to actually have all the map pieces from the individual uh, you know, expansion packs, uh, the villain and ally packs, uh, that also, of course, come with the two cards for the skirmish missions. So essentially, it allows you to play on the fly faster without building the actual map. But they don't really hype it up very much. But sure enough, they just released another of these 
which is the Swamps of Nalhutta map. Uh, did not see that one coming, but it seems like we're going to get a steady stream of these every so often um, to constantly have me picking up more stuff that I'm <laughs> probably not going to play as much with because I prefer the campaign. Well, yeah, that, that's that's the thing. I, I mean, do what you got to do. But yeah, I mean, this is for skirmish players and it's great for skirmish players. But if you, you know, if you have no intent to, to go play skirmish and, and you're just going to be playing with some uh, friends or family at home, the, the tile pieces are just fine. I just don't like having to carry around all these different tile pieces. And then I'm like, okay, crap, I got to build this thing because they're double sided. <clears throat> so I'm like, where was that piece? And it's just a, it's miserable. I hate puzzles. Damn it. <laughs> don't want any more puzzles. No, exactly. this is one of those ones that just, for me, it's one of those things I pick up because I want to review it. And then it winds up as part of the collection. I'm just like, well, I'm probably not going to use it as much, but that's okay. Because in October, uh, I guess I can say something about it now. It's not ready to go yet. Uh, in October, alongside the 20th anniversary of my Star Wars Timeline project, or Star Wars Timeline Gold, uh, I'm going to be launching a Patreon, the point of which is to help offset the costs of stuff to make sure the reviews still get on there, even if it's something that otherwise I might not necessarily choose to uh, to pick up. And one of the bonuses is something I've actually started recording recently already, is going to be uh, audio commentaries to play alongside home video releases of Star Wars stuff. Uh, I've started with Clone Wars, and I'm like eight episodes into recording commentaries now. So hopefully something like this that to me feels kind of, eh, like I, I might use it someday. Not sure it's worth it, but I want to review it. We'll have a little bit more positivity behind it whenever I actually place the order. I got a better idea. Let's use that Patreon money to make a life-size walking ATSD. Uh, why? Because it's a life-size walking ATS. Because it's a life-size walking ATS. <laughs> okay, I thought I that was it. self-explanatory. <laughs> I, see, see, that would require way, way, way too much, uh, way too much investment beyond a Patreon. Although, I don't know. I keep seeing popping up on Facebook these people who are teaching people how to like build a, a firing pistol and a firing sniper rifle out of freaking like paper and cardboard. So maybe we could build like an ATST out of. You know, cat hairballs, cardboard, and I don't know, some, some Zima. Because well, adding Zima to anything makes it just a little bit more, uh, more uh, was it kitschy, I guess is the right word? Sure, but I, I don't know how um, hydraulics and cardboard will work well together. But eh. That's where the Zima comes in. <laughs> Hydro, liquid, come on now. My, my bad, I'm sorry. I, I didn't think that through. Don't you know anything about science? <sighs> I don't. <laughs> That's right. Aren't you a history teacher? Yeah, I, I, I'm a history and history and economics and everything guy. Um, so yeah, so we got basically the the continuing support for the games from Fantasy Flight. Them coming in basically and revising the tournament rules as we get towards the next uh, big tournament season soon. Um, giving us the frequently asked questions uh, for the LCG that goes in and uh, takes care of some of the other. Things that arise with that game because it doesn't, it doesn't tend to get as much attention, say, as X-Wing does, but it is a fairly well-played game. Um, and then a handful of new announcements, which is basically what we were asking for last time. Just give us some new announcements. It doesn't have to be in our hands at this moment, but for the love of God, announce some stuff so we know that the product lines aren't dying. And it appears that they are somewhat alive and well. Um, I think uh, probably Force and Destiny Edge of the Empire are out there with like a raspy cough. 
right now. But, uh, you know, we're seeing something which is better than it felt like last episode. Yeah. Give us liberty or give us news updates. I don't think that's the context in which he said that. And I was I'm I'm not the history teacher. You're not the history. Okay. <laughs> that's that's you boy. Um is that everything? Have we covered everything? We Yeah, I think. Okay. Did we did we mention the L C G that I mean it's nothing really special, just there's just both a new, an, yeah. Yeah, just a new frequently asked questions and rules update. Um that's pretty much it. Although I guess they did announce uh, one other thing for the LCG, they did announce that uh, we have Desperate Circumstances as, I guess, the third of the Force Packs in the current cycle. Mm-hmm. But that was just, you know, hey, this is the next one that's coming. And I want to say the Allies of Necessity, the one that's the first one for that cycle, came out either last episode, right around our last episode, or the previous one, because we had just mentioned it as coming soon, and then it wound up showing up right after the episode dropped. So the new force pack cycle has started okay but otherwise there's not really a lot of news really coming as far as the lcg at this point it's just kind of staying the course as always yeah that's one that i i, I was kind of keeping up with it and i've just because i've not had the, the ability to play um i've kind of not focused on nearly as much uh which is unfortunate because I, I think it's I love the system. Uh, I love the artwork and uh, the the game. From what I can tell, seems to be kind of fun. I, I've tried playing it once, but I was a little uncertain about some of the rule mechanics and stuff. And it was, I'm like, I don't, what's going on? Um, but you I, should watch my tutorial on how to play the LCG, where I did a demo game on YouTube. <coughs> Just like I don't look at your like Instagram because I don't do Instagram. I, I don't think he watches all the YouTube stuff either. Uh, I will give you a, here's a, a, a one last piece of uh, of gaming related stuff that I can mention here for the episode because I'm curious if you've tried this and what your thoughts were on it. Um, so we had a big uh, to do in the uh, pre planning week, which is actually the week when we recorded our last episode, I believe, or or uh, a little bit right before that. But during our pre planning week, we decided to do some type of team building thing. And our leadership decided to do our team building at Dave and Buster's, which for those who don't know is like a food, drinking, and lots of arcadey type games type of place. Pretty awesome. Um, so after we built, we did some team building, playing various games and whatnot together and challenges and whatnot, um, I was able to finally, for the first time ever, sit down and play a Star Wars battle pod. Awesome. And I gotta say that... Those things were hyped like crazy, and people were loving them, and I was really excited to finally get a chance to play one, and it was incredibly uh, underwhelming to me. And I think it's because I'm spoiled by the VR stuff, (laughs) because everybody kept talking about how it's so immersive. It's like you're in like this sphere, more or less, this spherical thing, and you got your seat there, and it's almost like you're in – it's more like you're in a flight simulator than you're actually in a Star Wars ship. Because then in front of you for about, what, 120 degrees or whatever, you've got this screen laid out. Um, But there's nothing in stereoscopic 3D or anything like that. Uh, Graphically, there's a heavy screen door type effect to it. Um, But you're controlling it with essentially a throttle stick and a joystick, a flight stick. Um, 
And whenever you, even when you're in space, whenever you go to the fastest possible speed, it blows air in your face from a fan, Mm -hmm. which doesn't make a whole lot of sense in space and really doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you're flying an X-wing in the atmosphere, unless your X-wing's got a hole in it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, kind of cool. It just, I don't know, it didn't wow me the way that I had hoped that it would. I'm, but I'm still nostalgic for the old vector graphics, you know, Mm -hmm. old one that I used to play at showbiz pizza before it became chuck e cheese when i was really really tiny but i was curious if you had played the battle pod uh, because you have less experience with spending time with the vr games and i'm wondering if that just spoiled the experience because to me when you hear immersive i'm thinking of one thing and this wasn't it Mm -hmm. or what have you tried a battle pod what'd you think if you did i've I've not done the the star wars one but i have done uh other ones before Uh, i did not know there were other ones mm -hmm. other ones like what uh like mech warrior does them Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so so I, I've tried those before. Now, here's... I think I may know what your problem is. Did you try... <laughs> Everybody says that. You know what your problem is? Well, no. I, you I, proceed to tell me. I, 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 think, I, I think I may know what... Uh, what what didn't quite work for you. Um, and it, you just... You missed out. Did you try spinning? That's a good trick. Uh, I probably did at one point because I was horrible at it. <laughs> I was definitely terrible. Although it made me want to someday get a flight stick because I think those are compatible with the PS4 for things like uh, uh, Eve Valkyrie and whatnot. But I think that's going to get a big, uh, a big. Are you kidding? From the wife, so, I, based on her response when I was like, "Dude, Gran Turismo Sport is coming, and you're going to be able to drive in VR, and it looks cool, and you can even use like a racing wheel." And she's looking at me like, "No, you don't need a racing wheel." <laughs> that's the only racing game you're ever gonna play you do not need a racing wheel i'm like but it's only a couple hundred dollars you do not need a racing wheel <laughs> so you know maybe that's maybe that's my thing I, and wait i'm seeing you're you're pulling up on your uh as we do this usually he has his camera pulled up i don't have mine because it craps the connection out too much but i'm seeing him holding up a flight stick yeah this is mine this is the uh thrust master <laughs> I have heard that. I've heard good things about the Thrustmaster, and I'm not. Ta- he's not talking about me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still retired, and my wife still isn't president, but it's okay because I feel your pain and your boobies. Yeah. Sorry, the Thrustmaster. Um. So, and now is this something that you use for? Well, you do mostly PC gaming anyway, yeah. though. So, do, have you? Do you use that, or can it be used at all with the PS4? I don't have a clue. I just know it works for uh, my PC. Okay. <laughs> so just checking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I like it. This isn't one of the more expensive ones. Uh, and by that I mean it was only like maybe like somewhere between forty and sixty dollars. Not one of the like two hundred dollar plus setups that you can get. All right, with like the separate throttle and all that stuff. And- yeah, yeah. Those things are ridiculous. But I'm like, I don't really need it. And by that I mean I can't justify that cost to my wife Um. (laughs) exactly it's it's never a matter of i don't actually need it's like because in inside you're like i need it but it's the can i justify it right that right there is the question right and uh so there's there's one last thing since we're we're, i'm showing stuff on my webcam here that nobody else other than me can see so you know that's that's going to be entertaining to everybody at home. Well, at least there is an uh, an audio component to it. But uh, I picked this up and just let everybody know if they're interested. Um, these are on sale at Walmart. They're they're sort of in the the clearance aisle. I never surely even... that's not what I think it is. Yeah, and I I I'd never seen it. And when I saw it, I was like, well, I well, have tell to own what that. It is. It's uh, 
so it's the uh, Simon game. If everyone's familiar of the electronic game Simon, but it's boop, a boop, boop. do the pattern in the lights. But it's a Darth Vader version. Where are the lights? Is it his chest plate? It's his face. Let's see if I can get his started here. His face. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice there. See, I thought it was weird that whenever I made my Star Wars office and I put up a, the Darth Vader head deco light that his eyes glowed red because even in the films, they only had a slightly reddish tint in some of the films. I thought the glowing was kind of ass, eh, so I hardly ever turned that one on. You just made Vader's face glow by quadrant, basically. Um, mm -hmm. I think that takes the cake for um, unrealistic ones. Although you just wait. You just wait. Glowy face Darth Vader will show up in an episode of Forces of Destiny because they are already out of ideas. Oh, I love Forces of Destiny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I have I have really. I mean enjoyed that those. you like Forces of Destiny. Not I'm sorry that I mocked Forces of Destiny. Oh wow, I've I've really enjoyed those. Um, there, there's the ones you know. Honestly, my, my my biggest complaint with it, uh, more than anything, has been Leia's voice. I don't I don't care for the. The voice acting of Leia, I felt like it wasn't uh, true. Yeah, yeah, the voice acting of Leia didn't sound at all like Leia. Um, wait, wait, wait for it. That's not Leia. There you go. Now that, uh, and of course, I was not, uh, I was not in love with the the character model of Anakin either. That also uh, could have used a bit of improvement. But I mean, uh, now I now I hear that that character model just won a lawsuit against a DJ that grabbed his butt. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Taylor Swift. I got the two confused because they look so much alike. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah. So it's, it's so, not so great, the but... Simon there. The Simon there. You said it was it was on sale now, or it's on like a clearance aisle thing at Walmart, or at least at your Walmart. So what does it wind up running for? Uh, so it's just it's just that it's the game on a card. It's not like it's in a box. Right, right. So the 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 card itself actually kind of forms into. So the game itself is just his head. But the box sort of forms into his chest plate as oh, well. Oh, so his chest like... isn't even part of the game itself. The chest plate there is part of the packaging. Right, right. So I can actually kind of oh. show once again. So it's a bit. Uh... It's a beheaded Darth. So that's actually probably what happened with Kylo Ren. Then <laughs> so Kylo Ren was playing with his. Uh, he was smoking something that you know gave him his attitude, and he was playing Darth Vader Simon. Accidentally lit it on fire, and it melted, and that's why he's got the melted Vader helmet. The real one from Indoor is actually still on Indoor. Right. Right. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, it, it it's okay because smoking that stuff gave him the power to move the location of his scar. Right. Now, here's the thing. So this was this normally retailed for 25 bucks, which I feel like is Damn. kind of Yeah, I feel like that's a little expensive. A little steep. But now it's, it's Simon. Yeah, it's 13 now, so that's not as bad. Yeah, I, th I think that's a pretty good deal for it. So. Batteries included? Yes, sir. Okay, well then that helps make up for it anyway, because batteries are ungodly expensive anyway. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> batteries half, are half the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two AA batteries, well, there you go. It's already a deal. There so. you go. Very nice, very nice. And, that, and it's technically a Star Wars game, because, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of on point. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, you know, that's the thing, is I've actually been buying stuff that's relevant and then forgetting about it. Um, hold on one second, I'll, let me grab the other thing real quick. Oh, for the love of... This is why we can't have nice things. Well, at least we can't have nice things fast. I'm, I'm What's the up? worst. Uh, you can't see it. There oh we go. Oh my god, I've got that game. Yeah. So Star this Wars is... Episode One: Clash of the Lightsabers card game. Yep. I love that game. I uh, found this at, uh, if anyone's familiar with Second and Charles, uh, it's like a secondhand store, and they get some really fun, geeky stuff. 
And uh, for seven bucks, yeah, I picked this game up. Uh, hadn't even been opened. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cool thing. It's basically a a Qui Gon. I think it's Qui Gon versus Maul, right? As opposed yeah. to Obi Wan versus Maul um, type of clash. And you set up these. There's like a path of cards. They have to move the tokens down, and it's based on the clashes between each of your sets of cards. And, and it's one of those games. It's just kind of all self-contained in the box. I would say that the the difficulty curve, price point. Um, and just amount of setup time and everything is actually really similar to the Empire versus Rebellion game. That's kind of a play on uh, KGB FBI from Fantasy Flight or um, like a variant of Blackjack. Yeah, it's and, pretty fun. Yeah, it comes I mean, with the. I two- can't believe you found an unopened one in 2017. That goes right. to show you how popular it was, as in not. But that's cool. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, 18-year-old game. But see, that's the thing, too. you got to remember, at this time, everyone was buying everything Star Wars and leaving it in the package. You know, I, I, I love the idea of all the people who were like, oh, my God, now that Disney's taken over, they're just flooding the market with Star Wars stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's a new concept. Always, always point back to the sucker made of Jar Jar where the sucker was his tongue. I, dude, I want that. I really want one of those. The, the, only, the big problem with it is I don't... You know, I'm I'm not sure about. Um, I know this is we're, we're going off track here, but uh, I imagine that it would be hard to get one with the the tongue still intact, which is kind of the the charm of that. But um, if maybe I could get someone to replicate it out of plastic or something like that, I could work something out. Because I think that is, I, I love stuff like that, like especially with the Simon Darth Vader stuff. I like the the interesting stuff that you know because. The stuff that feels are, like a mashup more than a product. Um, it's I don't even want to say a mashup as much as I, f- you know, just bizarre products that, you know, aren't like oh okay here's a uh you know here's an action figure of a stormtrooper or here's a an action figure of Darth Vader or, you know so on and so forth. It's like here's something that you really don't need. You know, it's like oh we did this kind of weird thing here. Um, like like, like the Kylo Ren shaver. There's a Kylo Ren shaver? Yes, it was just announced. And, and of course, as soon as it was announced, I had to make the joke about how, you know, if you shave right, it'll move your scars. Oh. But, yeah, there's a Kylo Ren. I, I, for, I don't say Norelco. I forget what company it is that actually has the, the license. But there's a Kylo mm. Ren-themed black and red shaver kit for men okay. now. But yeah, I, I, So there you go. I, I love those types of things that are just interesting and um you know, unique and, and kind of weird and, and overall just completely useless. But, you know, to me, they, they have a certain charm for me. But back so, to the- So just like when it comes to, like, the books and the comics and how some Star Wars fans will just buy everything because they're collectors like me, and I'm part of the problem when they produce crap stories and we still buy them, uh, you are part of the problem when it comes to the random crap. Yeah, that sounds about okay. right. <laughs> Fantastic. It's good to know that we are both enablers of uh, products that may be a little off. Yes. So, anyhow... Uh, Speaking of Battlefront, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> that Death Star deal. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I hadn't brought it up this episode. Um, Somebody actually referenced, when we, when we did our, um, our feedback episode just recently for Star Wars Beyond the Film, someone referenced um, your thoughts on the Death Star DLC from... Uh, <laughs> From Cloud City Casino, so really yes, cross listenership, and the messages come through loud and clear of your opinion on the Death Star DLC. What, Thank what, you very much. What did they say? Were they like, okay, that's enough of that? Can you tell them to pipe down? I think it was uh, at the risk of sounding like this <laughs> before they said something. 
<laughs> nice. If I remember correctly. Nice. That's awesome. Nice. So do we have anything else for this show that's on point for this episode? Because we seem to be sort of randomly spiraling here at the end. It's like we got towards the finish line and then had a tire blow out. And now we're kind of sitting on the side of the road trying to figure out how to get there. Well, I know. Can I, we kept, walk? I kept it's remembering like all my feet. toys. I kept remembering. I'm like, oh, and this toy and this toy. Yeah, I was I was going to say actually for, um, you know, once again, you know, uh, our listeners can't see this, but... Uh, for this game, the actual pewter pieces that come in it are really nice. In fact, I'd say they actually look like they're more detailed than the the game pieces for what uh, Hasbro's putting out today. Yep, like the Monopoly games and stuff like that where you get the game pieces. But that's a whole other thing. Yes, you can order, apparently, a Ray for the new Star Wars Monopoly. That's true. I guess no, that's... she's not in the box. Yeah, that, that is actually kind of relevant. So I guess we should mention that uh, for the Monopoly game, if everyone remembers. They're like, oh, yeah, look, we're you know, we hear you, we're going to put her in the game. And then they're like, no, we're not. And And they cited lack of interest as their reason. What bigger middle finger could they have pointed to those? Yeah. Clamoring for a Ray. I mean, even, even if it, okay, just rewind. Mm -hmm. It's the era of the sequel trilogy. You're putting out the biggest characters with the pewter pieces, put a Ray in there. She's the main heroic character of Force Awakens. Don't be a moron. I mean, is even lack should even lack of interest have been even a point of that? Shouldn't it just been a duh? Yeah, she yeah. Goes no. in the game. <laughs> no, I I hear you. Um, my problem is, I I feel like that that statement is a correct statement. It's just not a complete statement. Who's buying a Monopoly game going like, man, I want to play as Luke? You're not buying Monopoly so you can play as the character you don't. It's freaking Monopoly. Um, I I think when you do the themed ones, I, I I would say that there's a little there's a little bit of that. But my my thing is in 2017, who's playing Monopoly? Uh, true, true that, true that. Yeah. Although this is coming for the guy who just recently picked up the other two Star Wars Trivial Pursuit sets that he didn't have. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that that no one will ever play with them because they think he's too big a Star Wars nerd and he would win all the time. It's not fun. Wing play on the show. Ooh. Of course, that's an idea we actually talked about months ago and never actually got around to doing. So, yeah, I thought I'd just kind of swing that in there like that, and then we could be like doing on the next one. But oh, now they know our secrets. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think that when they say lack of interest, they mean lack of interest in Monopoly, or at least they should, because that's a little bit more honest than uh, lack of interest in, in having Ray in the game. But they did say that if you own the game and you want Ray, you can uh, contact their customer service, you'll give them your um, UPC and uh, like one other thing, and then they will mail it to you. And they mail it to you like within just a couple of days. Um, in fact, um, I had told... Eric Pfeiffer, who's a friend of ours from over at uh, Twin Sons Transmissions, and uh, he's a, a big Ray Focus collector, and he got his like within just a couple of days of talking to them. So, can I can I make a comparison? And I'm and this is going to piss some people off. I know it's going to because I'm going to make a political comparison here. Okay, but this strikes me as the Monopoly or Star Wars less important, less relevant equivalent of the Trump statements on Charlottesville. Oh God. Like, like where he comes out, where you come out and you say, you know, you know, such and such, such and such. And then, oh, my God, that was not. No, no, no. You need to come out and say something else. 
uh, you need to come out and do this better because the first time didn't didn't work. It's mm-hmm. kind of one of those they come out, they trip over their feet, and now they're like, no, 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 well, we promise you can just you can just get one by mail. We promise. <laughs> it, it's it's tripping over the feet and then turning around and having to do something again. And I just like with the political situation, I'm not sure how many are going to look on this folly. And they're doing something that in theory is supposed to address those concerns. But I can't imagine this actually mollifying anybody who was pissed off at the fact that Ray wasn't actually in the box. Because if anything, it makes it feel even more like an afterthought. Yeah. Um, that, so, I don't know. Again, to me, it's like Forces of Destiny. Like Forces of Destiny, to me, if I'm a female fan, I'm more insulted by Forces of Destiny than I'm liking it. But that's a topic that's, you know, a whole other whole other thing so yes you can now get a ray you just have to mail away for ray um and no she does not have a missile firing backpack (laughs) right right so uh, you know though 20 years from now people will be claiming they got the ray monopoly (laughs) (laughs) right exactly there you go so man i mean that's that's i think that's it i think we should probably just go ahead and kill it right here um you know, we want to hear from everyone. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, send in those iTunes reviews, and Nate will send you a free link to purchase his book on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and as well, you can contact us at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Uh, you know, of course, we're over at starwarsreport.com, and uh, we have the uh, Cloud City Casino e- uh, Facebook page and Twitter, just Cloud City Casino for both of those. Uh, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Morris Isley, and Nate can be found at all sorts of places that I'll go ahead and let you say to them. The main places right now, of course, Star Wars Beyond the Films is my podcast with Mark Herleman. That is also at StarWarsReport.com. You can go on YouTube to the channel at YouTube.com slash ChronoRadio, or just search my name, and you'll find my YouTube channel with stuff like From the Star Wars Home Video Library and Fantasy Flight Game Reviews, uh, demo games of things like Empire vs. Rebellion and uh, uh, the LCG and whatnot. Uh, but then also, of course, my new book is out there, which you can find by going to Amazon and looking for A Saga on Home Video. Um, if you want to check out any more information about things I've written, check out NathanPButler.com, which is a website that I don't mention nearly as much as I probably should. And if I was paying somebody to make it other than me to maintain it, I probably would be losing money. Or leave an iTunes review and get a free link. A free link. Yes, there you go. <laughs> a link. But no, we really um, should do a contest at some point. But that's something we could talk about when we talk about the you know trivia thing again awesome. someday. So, uh, thanks again for joining us, and never forget. Let the Wookiee win. Especially if you got a special order of the Wookiee piece, because otherwise it just doesn't feel special.
word. Wookie. What? You said word. I thought we were doing like association, like the next you were going to say noun or verb or something. No, why would I do that? I'm not an English major. <laughs> no kidding. You signed <laughs> off by saying word. <laughs> uh, you got me. My God, I just got another couple students. I'm I'm like over 200 now. Oh, I just hit record. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's a lot of people. Huh. All right. This party's over.